Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God, and I'm again sliding into first. I thought, I looked at a clock when I came in, and uh, thought I had more time than I did. The clock is evidently slow, so anyway, so, but uh, I made it here almost 60 seconds before the show started, and uh, we're going to continue with the subject matter that we had this morning, and of course, uh just want to make it clear, I have a new article up on preparingyou.com called Vaccinated, and it quotes uh, half a dozen different scientists and articles and studies that have recently come out. One was a really poor study, but I quoted it just to show you some patterns that are developing, or had been developing at the time of the study, and then the subsequent studies are more recent. Uh, this show is recorded in August, uh, just before the Burning Bush Festival. And so I've sent out notices this morning to everybody on the network. If you're not on the network, you didn't get them, uh, as to some of the things that are going to go on at the festival. Now, we don't know always what is going on because festivals are driven by the people. And so they bring their agendas, they bring their conversation they bring their families and uh, we see where things go from there but uh, obviously a big topic of concern is the the shutdown you know the two-week shutdown that is going on two years and uh, the uh, pandemic that seems to have more people dying from the vaccination from the cure than from the disease uh clearly most of the people who died or they claim died from covid merely died with covid and all other heart failures and diseases that actually cause death have not been you know those numbers have plummeted and and it's a way of keeping everybody in panic keeping everyone in fear to evidently get this shot that everybody is so concerned with. But we covered that in the second half hour of this morning's show. And if you read uh, uh, Vaccinated uh, at PreparingYou.com, uh, you'll see the studies. And you can read the studies yourselves and come to your own conclusions. But this idea of forcing everybody to get a vaccination or you're fired. I just got information that it not only is somebody being fired because they won't get the vaccination... They're told they will not be able to collect unemployment because they are being fired because they refuse to get vaccination. Now, there's lawyers that have been fired from law firms because they wouldn't get the vaccination and they're coming together. There's government workers, uh, maybe hundreds of them, nurses, everybody. They need to get together. And of course, if they were a part of the network and doing what Christ said to begin with, they would already be together. They'd already know who to trust and they'd already be able to bring a class action suit against those employers. And as soon as a few of them were sued for a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, or a couple million dollars in some cases, uh, this nonsense would stop. But uh, there seemed to be an all-ditch effort to get everybody to get vaccinated uh, before the flu season started because of the evidence that ADE is starting to kick in 
We already have nurses who took the vaccine early and now they're in the hospital with vaccinosis. Uh, with complications that are coming from the vaccination. And of course, the study is making it very clear, as well as the guy who invented mRNA, Dr. Robert Malone, that uh, all these variants are coming from the vaccinated, not from the unvaccinated. So anyway, that, all that's covered in the studies, so you can go read the studies. Don't Don't believe me. Don't trust me. Uh, read the studies and find out for yourself. Uh, I agree that for many people, the studies may go over their head. But if you had been sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, like Christ said, you would have a network of information that was based on love and care for you instead of the NBC network that is based on how much money they can get out of you for advertising revenue. <laughs> so anyway... That all being said, what was the topic this morning? The topic this morning was meat. <laughs> so, what uh, what meat have you been eating lately? Where do you get your meat? I there was a a Reverend. Uh, let's see if I can get his name. Uh, well, Reverend uh, Burkhoff, uh, and he was quoting somebody else, uh, a Christian who cannot understand how anyone would vote Democrat, has apparently read very, has not read very much of the Bible. And of course my comment was, anyone who votes Democrat probably does not understand the Bible nor Christ. And then I quote Christ, who said, you are not to be like the governments of the Gentiles who exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them uh, are called benefactors. And that's what the Democrats say. They're benefactors. They're going to give you all kinds of benefits. Free school, free college, free uh, health care, free, uh, I don't know, free, free. All, all kinds of things free. Of course, nothing's free. They're going to borrow money against the future of your children. They're going to borrow money against your labor. And you're going to become a surety of that labor. And your children will be cursed by coming surety of labor. And that's what they do. Now, to be honest... Republicans do it too. <laughs> so there's nothing, uh, nothing new about that. Nothing strange about that. But clearly, uh, the, I don't really know the guy, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find out. We got somebody calling. Everybody has left the building. Unfortunately, yeah, the phone's not in here, so I'm not going to hear the message. I didn't want the message to play over the air. So anyway. Uh, So, uh, let's see, where were we? Okay, so in, I quoted that quote from uh, Luke twenty-two, twenty-five, twenty-seven, 25, 27. And uh, he says, For whether it is greater to sitteth at meat, or he that uh, serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Uh, and basically what he said about this guys who exercise authority, but ye shall not be so, but he that is greater amongst you. And he goes on, shall be as the younger. So what the Democrats do is they exercise authority and take money away from one group and give it to another. Christ forbid that for Christians. They're not to be that way. Democrats do that. A lot of Republicans do it too, but the Democrats are worse. I'm neither Republican nor Democrat, and 
somebody, uh, some Beth Gardner said some things here that she says pretty much the only thing that the Republicans do is uh, they're against abortion. Um, uh, she says that uh, they pretty much just oppose abortion, but no compassion or caring once uh, you are born. Of course, that's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. Uh, the, a lot of Republic, matter of fact, statistically speaking, Republicans give more to charity per capita than uh, or total amount than uh, Democrats. And and that's always the way. Is. Socialists aren't aren't big for charity. They said, well, that's the government's job, and, and that's what. What uh, Jesus complained about, the Corbin of the Pharisees, Corbin meaning sacrifice, and Corbin is what you give to take care of the needy of your society. That's your sacrifice. That's your contribution. And the Corbin of the Pharisees was making the word of God to none effect so that men did no more ought for their parents as well as they didn't do much for the poor either. And and they they gave, but they gave at the temple. Because the, the welfare system of Judea was run through the temple. It always is run through the temple. I mean, the Levites were a part of the welfare system of Judea even before they had a stone temple, back when they had a tabernacle, a tent, a big tent. And so that's always been the case. That's what the sacrifice... But the Pharisees had set up this deal under Herod where you signed up and you had to pay in. There would be guys who actually collect your contributions whether you you wanted to give it or not. It was no longer a free will offering. See, that's that's the thing in the Old Testament. It said free will offering. Didn't, word charity is never in the Old Testament, but they did have the word free will offering, which would be charity. So we got that down. And generally speaking, the Republicans give more charity than the Democrats, but both of them think they can exercise authority and force their neighbor to contribute to their welfare. And of course, we went over this morning explaining why that turns people into perfect savages and, and implementing force and ushers in tyrants. Because you're slothful in charity. And the slothful shall be under tribute. So, uh, anyway, I never got any responses. Nobody ever responded to me, but a lot of people responded to that Beth Gardner and they had their complaints. But uh, this morning's program, when we ran out of time, because we had so much to say, so much to share, <laughs> that uh, uh, we just we couldn't get it all. So uh, I had read the, the about soft despotism, what they call soft despotism. And, and I, I'm going to read this quote again because it is so important. I, everybody should commit it to memory. Despotism, suspicious by its very nature, views the separation of men as the best guarantee of its own performance and usually does all it can to keep them in isolation. And of course we see in Australia they've actually built quarantine camps. They're going to isolate you and they're isolating everybody. You have to stay in your homes. You can't meet at the bar. You can't meet at the church. You can't meet anywhere. You can't talk about things. You have to be isolated. Isolated. Separate. Separate. Keep everybody separate. COVID. This dead, deadly, absolute deadly COVID has a death rate of point three percent It doesn't even have that. It doesn't even have a 0.3%. With their goofy statistics, 
it has a survival rate of 99.7%. It's not a plague. It's, it's, it's not anywhere near a plague. You, all the death toll is totally skewed. They told you, I, we have them on video and on tape telling you that if somebody dies and they had COVID within 30 days of their death, we write it down as a COVID death. They've never done that for flu. Never, ever done that for flu. Most flu deaths, they don't even say that flu is the cause of death. Because most people don't die of flu. They die of other morbidities. You know, they smoke all their life. They have heart problems. They have lung problems. They're 92 years old. And they get the flu. They could get the cold. They could just get a common cold and die. They're frail. You don't say the cause of death is, you know... I mean, you can you make a loud noise, cause of death, loud noise. No, it's the, all the other things <laughs> that killed them. But, and they told you they were going to do this. They said it on the news. So, no, there there isn't the death. There's, they want to keep you isolated because they're despots. And they got more despotism in store for you. But what Alexis Tocqueville goes on to say in this quote, No defect of human heart suits it better than egoism. Do you think you already know? Egoism. That's a word worth looking up. What do you think that means? Egoism. Sounds like it has something to do with ego. Doesn't it? So we we could actually go look that word up and find out what that word means. And you you could actually Google. I won't use Google though. I'll I'll use... (laughs) You see other guys don't want to get any money for Google because you use them. They will claim that, you know, they'll charge more for their advertisement. So I'll use DuckDuckGo. Chances are Google owns DuckDuckGo. I heard something to that effect. But you never know if that's actually the case or not. Well, I don't say you never know. But there's so many rumors going around. So what's true and what's not true. But egoism is a philosophy concerned with the role of the self. Or ego as the motivation and goal of one's own actions. Different theories of egoism encompass a range of desperate ideas and can generally be categorized into descriptive and normative forms. But it's about you. It's all about you. What you want. Your benefits. See, everybody is actually... Everybody on Social Security is collecting the wages of unrighteousness. There, you say, well, well, wait a minute, I paid in. But, you know, we've gone through that. The money you paid in went out already. It wasn't robbed. It just went out already. It went out to other people. There is no division of fund. There's no trust fund. They're not depositing that for you later on. That's not how it works. Read the instructions. Read the 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 bill itself and find out what how it works. But you you want to think that you have a right to that. You have no right to Social Security payments. They tell you that right there in the instructions. They choose to give to you, and they are choosing not to give you. If you don't get a vaccination, they may withhold your Social Security check. Just like they're claiming they have the right to withhold your unemployment. They fire you because you would not get uh, an experimental vaccine 
It may be approved or not approved, doesn't matter, but it's still experimental because they've never finished the test, the normal test. So it's still experimental. But whether it's experimental or not, they shouldn't be allowed to force you to get it. But anyway, so going back to Alexis, trying to find out what what's Alexis talking about, this despotism, suspicious by its nature, views the separation of men as its best guarantee of its own permanence, permanent despotism. Keep you apart. Keep you separated. You want to change the despotism you see, you have to come together. You have to connect. And you can connect by phone. You can connect by internet. But you have to connect. And you need to connect in an organized way. And Christ said do the, the tens, hundreds, and thousand things. Symposiums in ranks of uh, hundreds and fifties. Which he said fifties because of the fact that they were at 5,000 men and their family. So anyway. He goes on to say no defect of human heart suits the despot better than your selfishness, your egoism. A tyrant is relaxed enough to forgive his subjects for failing to love him, provided they do not love one another. Because if you start loving one another, you will start developing the skills of liberty and the power of freedom. And you're going to need to do that because all kinds of people are losing their jobs. They're going to be losing access to benefits. And we we have shortages of food and everything else looming on the horizon. What are you going to do? You can go down to your local church, see how they help you. They haven't been helping you for the last 40 years, 50 years, 100 years. They've been sending you to the government, to the men who exercise authority because evidently they didn't read Luke. And said they were not to be that way. They evidently didn't read Proverbs either. Because Proverbs 23 says, When thou sittest and eat with a ruler, that's those guys who can exercise authority, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to your throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Appetite for what? For the meats, the, the, the benefits. You want more benefits. You want free school. You want free health care. These self-righteous egoists think they have a right to take from you to get what they want. That's why they're always so angry. In verse 3, he goes on to say, But be not desirous of his dainties. You know, the ruler's dainties, the benefits. You know, the word there that they have for dainties, do you know what it is? You know what it is in the Hebrew? It's the word they translate meats. <laughs> They call it dainties. And and the fact is, is if we look closely at it, that normally the word is uh, mem, tit, uh, and mem. And, but sometimes they add letters to it. So that there there might be a nun in it, or a bob, or uh hay on the end. They, they add lots of letters to it. And sometimes they take letters away. But, uh, so they have these lots of different variations. And it supposedly comes from a word, uh, that has meaning of its own. Which is, uh, let's see if I can remember. I, I think it's, uh, 
Yeah, it, it's uh, Zet and Mem. No Mem on the front. See, they add the Mem on the front, and they call it meats. But it's meats given. That's the why I pointed out this morning. It had two M's in that particular word. But the original word is only three letters long. And uh, it's a primitive root. And it actually is translated taste or perceive something or eat something. But the meats they're talking about is the meats given. Because there's other words like in the Greek for meats. And even in the Hebrew there's words that could be translated meat that are completely different. But uh, they're trying to tell you something. It's that right there in black and white. If you were really listening to the Holy Spirit, you would have picked up on it. And I wouldn't have to tell you. And I could go do something else. But I, I guess it's my lot to come and tell you that you've been eating deceitful meats for a hundred years in America. You have developed an appetite for benefits and the habit of receiving them by the way of the rule of force and violence. In other words, the IRS and <laughs> the tax man. And uh, having become accustomed to that, you have degenerated into perfect savages. So all, all these people that were on welfare and subsidies and all these things are out there protesting. You know, somebody says, well, they have a right to steal from the stores because they're just trying to feed their families. They get welfare checks. They get food stamps. They, they're not, most of what they're stealing is not food. They're going to steal Fancy clothes and jewelry stores and everything else. And they're getting away with it. Why? Because you're already a lawless society because you've decided it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods. Through the agency of government, you're not going to actually go out and take anything from your neighbor. He might shoot you. But you can get the government to go take things from your neighbor. And, of course, that's exactly what you've been doing. So, you know, in Proverbs... They they go on down and they talk about a lot of things. If you go down to verse 31, it says, Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when I moveth itself aright. When it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Now he's talking about wine, the fermenting and the, the deal, and, and then it, it can bite you. It can come back and hurt you. Well, that, that wine, wine is often this term for, you know, the benefits. That's the, the things that you get. He says, if you go all the way back to verse 29 in Proverbs, it, who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath the redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. What wine? It started talking about the benefits of the king. These men who exercise authority. You're tarrying at the wine instead of sitting down in the tens, hundreds of thousands and really start contributing to one another and making it possible for you to have a network of charity. I mean, how many people are really tithing like the early Israelites had to tithe? I mean, they had to support the army. They had to support all the social welfare with their tithe. 
And you're not going to do that with like the head of the Red Cross who's walking away with $600,000 a year or some of these preachers that are living in million-dollar mansions. I don't live in a million-dollar mansion. You know, we spent some money on a motorhome so that uh, one of our ministers could travel around. It was used. It was a fraction of what it cost originally. And we put a lot of money into fixing it up. And uh, it's down in Florida now. We may sell it. And people, there were some people that complained that we bought this motorhome. It wasn't fancy or anything. Uh, but he would travel around and tried to be there in all these different places to try to get congregations started. None of that was bought. None of the gas, none of the insurance, none of the, uh, uh, we had it licensed in a state. And he traveled. He didn't drive it, he traveled. Those of you who know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, tried to get congregations going. But none of that money was contributions from the people. We didn't use contributed money by the people to do that. That was all money we generated at the church. We generated it with our sweat and toil doing other work besides the ministry. But people were still complaining. What What is this jealousy and envy? Labor is worthy of his hire. And they're... N- they're still spending time. You know, actually I know today they may be meeting with several people in Colorado and Wyoming because they're on their way out to the Burning Bush Festival. And uh, they they bought a different rig because that one was getting difficult to go and they needed to spell each other in driving. But they didn't buy it with donated funds. We don't, we don't make ourselves, like Paul making tents. He's making tents so he's not a burden to the people. He's taking up collections, but all the money he takes up in collection goes to help other people in pure religion. You don't do that in your churches. Your ministers don't do that. If you really have to actually help people and put them up, uh, you go, you go to, uh, and who exercise authority in most of these other churches. And through covetous practices, you help one another out by forcing the contributions of your neighbor. So anyway, but you now tarry too long at the wine. That's what Proverbs is talking about. At the those dainties of the king. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. That's what you're experiencing. All the people in Australia, that's what they're experiencing because they haven't repented. They're still thinking it's okay to go to the government to get your benefits. Now they're cutting you off on your benefits if you don't kill yourself with a vaccination or sterilize yourself. I'm not sure what they're really trying to do. I don't have a lot of data on the sterilization. I know that the former head of Pfizer's science department and Vice President of Pfizer says, if you ever want to have children again, don't take this vaccination. Well, he has some reason of saying that. I mean, he's a scientist. And, and we, we have videos of him saying this. Man or woman. So he has some reason for saying it. He's not just saying it. He's a pro-vaxxer guy. He spent his life making vaccinations. But not this one. So, for whatever reason he said this, and, and there's a reason why, and we've seen that in other studies that we also published. I mean, it's, we're not making the studies. We're taking science, scientists, peer-reviewed 
papers most of the time. Like I said, one one of the ones I quoted in uh, the vaccinated article is not peer-reviewed, but I told you it wasn't peer-reviewed. I told you that it probably never will be peer-reviewed, and I intimated as to why it probably never would be, because their controls were terrible. And uh, the sources of data were questionable. And I quote it for two reasons. One is to show you that all the media is quoting it because there was a suggestion that some of what they were doing was saying that the unvaccinated are getting sicker than the vaccinated. That's actually not the case. It's actually the reverse. And we're accumulating evidence to prove that as well. But all the testimony we have coming in, that is the case. Uh, I already personally know more people who died from the COVID shot than from COVID. I hardly know of anybody who died of COVID. I mean, directly, you know, I don't know anybody directly who died of COVID. I know some people who know some people who died of COVID. And I know people who know people who died of the vaccination. And I'm getting more reports of deaths by vaccination from people I know than... But that's not science. That's just just reiterating what I am observing. So we want to get the actual data, but they're blocking the data. And uh, a friend of my son's, who happens to be a commissioner in another county, was questioning, and they were saying, our, our morgues are full. We have to do something different. And uh, we had to do something. And so in a three and a half hour meeting, they were trying to figure out what was going on. Well, they had one question for these medical people. How many of the people in your morgue were fully vaccinated before they died? They could not give that data. Now, that, that should be on the tip of your tongue. But they're they're suppressing that data. Uh, and they then they quote these studies that suggests that that might be the case and we explain in the article why that is not the case because the way they're measuring the the people who are sick. But anyway, as he goes on, the serpent uh, like an adder and verse 33 we see, Thine eyes shall behold strange women and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Strange women? What? What's this strange women? And I heart perverse things. That sounds pretty kinky, you know. Doesn't it? Strange women? Well, we've already explained in our study of the prophets, and you can go back and listen to the minor prophets that we're looking at. The woman of the city is a welfare system run by a civil authority. It's, it's legal charity. Strange women are, is, is systems of charity that are strange to the to the ways of God and the ways of Christ, which is you're supposed to take care of one another out of love. If you don't do that, you will not have a free society. If you take care of the needy of your society through forced offerings, you will be under despots and tyrants. Those kings whose table you sit at will become tyrants. The, this perverse thing, this forwardness thing, they talk about. It's actually the letters that compose the word that we're looking at is Tav, Hey, Pay, or Pi. Some people will say Pi. Cough, Hey. That's the word. 
What does that mean? Well, the Tav is a seal of a higher kingdom. It's faith, Malkut. You know, it, it has, it's the word for faith. But they go faith, hey, which is an expression. And, and remember this is perverse, because then we see communication, which is the pi word, and cough, crown, and then another hey, another expression. So there's two things expressed there, and that's why they come up with perverse thing. This, you know, see, it comes from another word, which, uh, I won't go into right now, but, uh, the idea, this this perverse thing, this strange woman, is these legal charity, welfare through covetous practices that Peter talks about. And in verse 34 we say, Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. So then, of course, then you have to, they have the Proverbs break into Proverbs 24. But Proverbs 24, there's not necessarily any break in the original text. We put those breaks in. But, uh, be not thou envious against evil men. Okay, you see these evil men and their wages of unrighteousness and they're getting benefits. I mean, everybody, stop working. Isolate yourself because that's what the despots want. And we will pay you money if you stay home and don't go to work, don't produce food, don't produce uh, lumber, don't produce uh, widgets and all these things that we need. So now we have all these shortages coming up on us and manufacturers are going to have shortages. And it's going to, our, our companies are going to be operating like uh, Soviet companies because all the people are not working. They're getting paid whether they work or not. But then when you fire people because they won't get this injection, then you don't want to give them unemployment at all. You you bribe people to stay home and not work. And then now you're punishing people because they want to keep working. The, the particular woman that I just heard about this morning from one of my uh, daughters, uh, she's a special ed teacher. Uh, one of the few in their community. She only deals with one child at a time and she she has to go get this vaccination. And if you read the studies, it's the vaccinated people that are carrying the heavy viral load. It's the vaccinated people that are going to be the super spreaders. That's what the study says. You know. And so we're just quoting the study. And and several studies, as a matter of fact. It's not the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated are probably immune already. But, ah, they don't want to, they don't want to, Look at that. They don't want to think. Everybody wants to. Be, egoism has got people refusing to admit that they've been duped and fooled and led down a path towards their own personal destruction. And Proverbs tells you why. For their heart studieth destruction and their lips talk of mischief. Through wisdom is an house builded. 
but by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Now that word knowledge, we should look at that in the Hebrew, but we don't really have time. But he goes on to say, A wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. And in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is not... Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. He that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. We could also say a worker of iniquity. Keep ye from me, ye workers of iniquity. This is what Christ says. Because we're not being wise. And why do I say wise? Well, that's why I quote people like Plutarch and Alexis Tocqueville and Polybius who all say the same thing. They're all telling us the same thing. These are wise men, intelligent men, clever men, wrote books explaining this years and years and years ago. A tyrant is relaxed enough to forgive his subjects for failing to love him provided they do not love one another. Because that's what the tyrant fears more than anything else. That you might love one another. And that's why Moses said it. Because he was going to free people from tyrants. That's why Christ said it. Because he came to set you free. But you're all back in the bondage of Egypt again. And you don't love one another. You covet one another's goods. Alexis said something else. He said, A great many persons at the present day are quite contended with this sort of compromise between administrative despotism and the sovereignty of the people. They think they have done enough for the protection of individual freedom when they have surrendered it to the power of the nation at large. This is back in 1850. He would roll over in a grave he's seen what you have done now. This does not satisfy me, he says. The nature of him I am to obey signifies less to me than the fact of extorted obedience. That's what they're doing. You're fired if you don't get the shot. That's extorted obedience. Oh, well, I'll just collect unemployment. No, you won't be able to get unemployment if you get fired. Now, I I don't think that will stand up, but at least this one employer, that's what they're saying. It's it's crazy. It's horrible. It's evil. You would expect it from nobody but perfect savages. And these guys who are doing it are as bad or worse than the rioters burning down businesses. It's all about what... It's called soft despotism. And and that's why Tocqueville talks about that. After having thus successfully taken each member of the community in its powerful grasp, when did that happen? FDR. Go get a social security number. Become a surety for debt. You know, look to men who exercise authority to provide you with benefits. Those are your benefactors who are now going to exercise authority. They're going to force your neighbor to contribute to 
Because you contributing by yourself, that's you could have just put the money in savings somewhere and you'd been better off. But you're forcing your neighbor. You're not doing it by charity anymore. But you go into the grasp. The powerful grasp of government. And it goes on to say, and fashioned him at will. And the supreme power then extends its arm over the whole community. It covers the surface of society with a network of small, complicated rules, minute and uniform, through which the most original minds and the most energetic characters cannot penetrate. I went and read the instructions, and we can show you how to penetrate it. But you have to conform to Christ. You have to start taking care of one another. And those of you who don't, later on, We'll just have to call you foolish virgins and when you knock on the door we can't answer because that's the plan. At least according to what I read Christ saying. Foolish virgins, you need to be getting your oil now. How do you get your oil? Sacrifice. That's how you get oil in your body. <laughs> you know, I say the keto thing, you know, people are some people are keto. I'm I've been eating keto. It's helped me with a lot of issues. But uh and also we raise beef uh, we, that isn't bought in the store. Grass-fed beef. We raise ourselves out on the desert in clean, pure spring water and and flood-irrigated fields. And you know, it's not a lot. We're not a giant ranch or anything, but I got a few head of beef, and we got enough to feed ourselves and a few other people. So I eat meat. I eat a lot of meat, and we have gardens and I eat a lot of vegetables and salads and green beans. And, uh, we do alright. And, uh, but it's, it helped me with a lot of health issues. But what keto does, and everybody does this, keto diet, if you end up having to eat meat because you don't have other sources of food, you become that hunter. What happens is the fat of the meat, because you're not eating carbohydrates, I don't have any sugar cane or anything like that, the, you're not eating carbohydrates, so your body turns fat into carbohydrates. So it learns to do it because you're eating some fat. But then when you do intermittent fasting, see, I only have about 10 meals a, a week. I might a little bit more. Some weeks about 14 meals. But most weeks I, I don't get that much. Um, I just I just fast. I just go without meat uh, and anything but water. I'll drink water. And I can go an awful long time without water, too. That People think I'm kind of a camel. But uh, when it's real hot, I drink water and salt. But uh, the fact is, is what happens is that you go into what they call ketosis. And your ketones of your body that your body is generating turns fat into carbohydrates. And you get your energies from fat. And if you fast... And you're not getting the fat from anywhere else. The body eats the excess fat that's in your body. Now, I never was really fat, fat. Uh, certainly never obese. But I, I gained a little bit of fat, you know, when I hit 70. Uh, you know, I probably gained a little bit of weight when I hit 60. And uh, it just kind of was edging up on me. And what happened is I'm I'm concerned about the little fat layers that gets on your liver and... 
and different organs of your body that is not really healthy. So it's it's good to fast now and then, and it kind of jump starts your system. So what does this have to do with Tocqueville? <laughs> Are we really off on a tangent? In my rabbit trails, they come back around. So he says, through which the most original minds can't penetrate, and energetic characters can't penetrate this complicated system of rules. And uh, then he goes on, the will of man, uh, well, actually, before he goes on there, uh, penetrate to rise above the crowd. And I had a, a dream, kind of a vision once, where there was this maze, and everybody was trying to get to this maze and figure out this maze. And I rose above the maze. And from up above, when you're not in the maze, it's very easy. You know, you can say, oh, you just go here, here, and here, and here. Because you can see it from up above. And another metaphor for that is sit in darkness. If you sit in darkness, you can't see. If you sit in light and float up above everything, you you can look down and see. So anyway, back to... Uh, Alexis, we'll tie this all together. The will of man is not shattered, but softened, bent, guided. Men are seldom forced by it to act, but they are constantly restrained from acting. Such a power does not destroy, but it prevents existence. It does not tyrannize but it compresses, extinguishes, and stupefies a people till each nation is reduced to be nothing better than a flock of timid and industrious animals of which the government is the shepherd. So that's kind of where they got you now. And though you see, now that they've got you, well, they've had you. That's that's the norm. <laughs> that was the norm. But now, they do seem to seek to destroy. The power does seem to seek to destroy and oppress. And so now you you cry out, but God's not hearing you. He could hear you if you start hearing one another. But to hear one another, you have to come together. He says he's not going to hear you in that day because you you wanted rulers to fight your battles, to guarantee your benefits. You sat down with a big appetite and got benefit after benefit after benefit. And now you're not getting the benefit. And so, you know, they've they got you. And how did they do this? Well, he goes on to say, that was page 304 in... Uh, Alex Tocqueville's Democracy in America. And uh, you can you can get a copy and read that. It wasn't... See, the the New American Library, that would have been about... Now, see, it's translated from French because originally he wrote in French. So I think that was available in 1956, that particular copy. But it was written back around 1838, 18... That, I think that was written in 1838. So anyway, but he goes on to say, they devise a sole tutelary and all-powerful form of government, but elected by the people. So you elect this 
government and then they become tutelary, providing you with benefits. And the more benefits they provide you, you know, like Jefferson said, the government that can provide you with everything you have is powerful enough to take everything you have away. Paraphrase that a little bit, but that's basically what he said. And so that's what Alexis is saying. He's talking about devise a soul, S-O-L-E, tutelary, an all-powerful form of government. Well, the church used to be tutelary. The church used to provide benefits. Uh, charitable institutions provided benefits. Took care of the needy of society. But they've become the sole tutelary. The church does almost nothing. Just a fraction of the charity is provided. They, they often have to go out of the country and help somebody in Mexico or South America or Africa. They don't have, oh, there's no need for helping people in our local communities because they got all these benefits. And a lot of times some of these churches think they're helping them by getting them signed up for government benefits. There's actually churches that go out, work with the homeless, and help the homeless get signed up with this tutelary power of the government. The men who exercise authority, the benefactors of the world. And they call themselves Christians. They combine the principles of centralization and that of popular sovereignty. This gives them a respite. They console themselves for being in tutelage by the reflection that they have chosen their own guardians. Oh, we elected them, right? Democrats, Republicans. All the Democrats go too far, but the Republicans, they give us just the right amount of benefits. (laughs) They don't make the wages of sin taste too bitter. They make them sweet. Every man allows himself to be put in leading strings because he sees that it is not a person or a class of persons, but the people at large who hold the end of his chain. They think. But now they've lost control of voting. Because back to that first line. All powerful form of government. And the, the Republicans didn't do anything about it. We know voter fraud has been going on for a long time. Republicans wouldn't fight it. I mean we haven't had an honest election. Since they went to uh, mail-in ballots in Oregon. I mean I can guarantee you. That we have not had an honest election. I'm not saying they've overthrown every election. But they certainly... You know, DeFazio should have never won. That's a, that was a corrupt thing. He's not that popular. I mean, it'll be interesting the next election you have if you've done anything, anything at all to solve the problem of uh, corrupt influences in your election. I mean, the Democrats are screaming it all when Trump won. But then you're not even allowed to mention it when Biden won. Which was just... I mean, more votes were cast than any other time in history, and Biden couldn't get Biden couldn't get a crowd in a bowling alley. How in the world did he get all these votes? Where'd they all come from? I mean, he's gonna. I know there's a lot of people out there that would have voted for him. Even though, of course, a, a lot of people wouldn't have voted for him had they heard anything about Hunter Biden and his laptop. But a lot of people vote him. And the media, he was the darling of the media, and they, all this nonsense that they just kept pushing and pushing. But there were way too many votes cast. The people didn't turn out in those numbers. It just didn't happen. So, yeah, but 
I don't re- I don't really think you're going to fix things by fixing and preventing voter fraud. You're only going to fix things when you stop coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of men who exercise authority. Because the Democrats will do it too. They'll just do it a little less. Slower death that way. You know, and so Tocqueville is now writing back in, you know, 1838 to 1850. A great many persons, he says, at the present day, at that present day, are quite contented with this sort of compromise between administrative despotism and the sovereignty of the people. Because remember, the people were sovereign. We went over that with John Adams and all these other guys, that the people were sovereign. Well, you're not sovereign now. Sovereign people don't line up for the bread of men who exercise authority. They they don't eat stuff sacrificed to idols that force the offerings of the people. They don't do that. And so that's that's where they go, and th- and this is that tutelary despotism, and and Tocqueville talks about that as well, in in greater detail when he he says above this race of men stands an immense and tutelary power which takes upon itself alone to secure the gratification and to watch over their fate. And it's, that's just grown and grow. FDR started it. Chicken in every pot. <laughs> and that's where we're at today. And so, anyway, there's lots of other quotes. I don't know. I'm running out of time. I was going to go through a lot of other things and, and go through some of the biblical quotes so that you can begin to understand what we're dealing with. And... uh and the solution, the solution, of course, is to start taking care of yourself. Now, like I say, I know people in government, and they know other people in government, and more and more communities. I can I can see it happening here in Oregon and in the county that I'm in. Uh, if I had, if you had the network in place, you would be finding and making those connections. I tell you, God will start to intervene, and you will start to meet people that are like-minded. And they and and if you learn how to express these things in the Bible, and that's why we create all these pages, so that you can go and and find these things uh, and express them to other people and help them with their unbelief. Because he writes when he writes about legal charity, individual alms giving established valuable ties between the rich and the poor. That's that's so important that you sit down in these congregations and help one another, rich and poor. It will create the bonds of a free society. He goes the deed itself involves the giver in the fate of the one whose poverty he has undertaken to alleviate in a way that strengthens him, of course. And the latter, supported by aid which he had no right to demand and which he had no hope of getting, feels inspired by gratitude. The the people I know get money on welfare, they think of, I'm entitled. It's not gratitude. That's not the emotion. They 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 will bite the hand that feeds them. 
But Tokva goes on to say, a moral tie is established between those two classes of rich and poor because they're helping one another through charity. Through this almsgiving. Whose interests and passions so often conspire to separate them. I mean, because they live in a little bit different worlds. Rich and poor. But now they are bound together because they're willingly helping helping one another. To separate that, that those those passions often separate them from each other, and although divided by circumstances, they are willingly reconciled in this charity. This is not the case with legal charity, he says. The latter allows the alms to persist, but removes its morality. The law strips the man of wealth or of a part of his surplus without consulting him and he sees the poor man only as a greedy stranger invited by the legislature to share his wealth. The poor man, on the other hand, feels no gratitude for a benefit that no one can refuse him and that could not satisfy him in any case. Public alms guarantees, this is that legal charity, that welfare of the state, public alms guarantee life but do not make it happier or more comfortable than the individual alms giving. Legal charity does not thereby eliminate wealth or poverty in society. One class still views the world with fear and loathing while the other regards its misfortunes with despair and envy. Which takes us back to that biblical quote in Proverbs about envying those people who have those riches and benefits of the king who exercises authority. I don't have those benefits. Uh, You know, I'm... 73 today, I guess, whatever it is. And I'm not collecting Social Security. I paid into it for years and years and years, decades. But I won't collect it. Because I know it's the wages of unrighteousness. Now, I'm not saying you can't collect it. I'm saying look for a better way. And Christ showed us that way. But we're out of time again. So I have to just tell you that... uh, Come to the the festival, join the network, and uh, we'll seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness together. Till then, peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.